This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Today I have in studio a good friend and colleague and special guest, Fran Cullen. She has her Juris Doctorate from the Georgia State College of Law, got her B.A. in Rochester, University of Rochester. In, in art and art history. In art and art history, which goes with um, law really well. You need to know it's your the history. Creativity. And you spent a summer abroad, or a semester abroad. Yes. At, um, in Brighton, England. So you've been the former uh, Fulton County assisti- Assistant District Attorney, a Georgia Assistant District Attorney, there's too many A's in this, and worked in two different law schools at various times in your career, and you have been the Administrative Law Judge for Atlanta Public Schools. Thank you so much for being with us today, and I'd like all of our listeners to get pen and paper ready because we're going to give you uh, the website as well as the telephone number if you'd like to learn more about uh, Ms. Cullen's uh, legal practice and some of the information that she's going to share with us today. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you could find more information about Fran Cullen PC at francullen.com www.francullen.com and our phone number is 404-806-6771 and we're located in the Atlanta area but we do um, provide advice and representation in many states in the southeast so we will again give that information uh, at the start of each segment so that you'll have it with you so that you can uh, follow up and get some more of your questions answered. So I think you have a very unique specialty. It's not one that we see a lot, and that is that in addition to some other kinds of work you do, you work a lot with professionals. And by professionals, I mean people that need a license to practice their profession. That's that's going to be our definition of professionals for today. Okay. <laughs> is it that is. okay with you? Yes. Okay. That's what I represent. Yeah. That's what, who you represent. So these might be doctors. These might be airline pilots. These might be nurses. They might be pharmacists. People who are required by state licensing boards to meet certain criteria. And sometimes these individuals run into trouble with their licensing board. And sometimes they run into trouble in other ways as well. And that's part of the work you do. So what can you tell us a little bit about your practice and how people find you and what kind of situations you work in? Um, Well, we like to say that our practice is dedicated to the representation of licensed professionals. And by this, um, I represent... Uh, individuals and small businesses with regard to their professional license to practice whatever their profession is and also in associated issues because every issue they face um, everything kind of uh, impacts every other issue so you can have a criminal case that could impact a license and credentialing you can have a licensing case that can impact um, other areas of your life with either civil, criminal, um, other kinds of liability issues, um, especially in the healthcare professions. There are uh, 49 professions that are 
uh, under the Secretary of State's mandate wow. to have a license. So uh, we find that, and there it's always expanding, so that there are more and more individuals and small certain kinds of businesses that need to hold a license mm-hmm. to practice. And there, and in addition to that, uh, there is licensing under. Um, Separate license, licensing for pharmacists, dentists, um, physicians, and certain other physician extenders and others under the Medical Board Practice Act, as well as uh, the insurance agents um, and also insurance. Insurance and real estate have their own um, licensing requirements, so those are not under Secretary of State. And and all any kind of action of almost any sort, it, it's all intertwined. Yes, and and that's what we um, like to say that we try to look at a whole situation and and give people the best advice and represent them to the fullest regarding the entire situation they're presented with, which can be very very varied. So. You do a lot of work uh, with folks, and um, sometimes the work may involve someone being suspected or actually being convicted of a drug or alcohol-related offense. And since this is detailing addiction, today I'd like to sort of focus on that particular part of your practice, folks that are professionals that may be considered impaired. Someone may have smelled alcohol on their breath at the hospital. Someone may have found out they got a DUI. Someone may have um, suspected them of writing too many prescriptions or of, you know, doing something that uh, brought them to the attention of either their hospital or their practice or heaven forbid, their licensing board. So that is also one of the slices of the pie that you might represent someone. And that, again, as you say, has lots of tentacles. It, uh, If you have trouble with your licensing board, you're going to potentially now not be able to be credentialed on the hospital, or you might have trouble getting a job, or uh, an insurance company might say, oops, we're not going to let you be on our panel anymore. So that can sometimes happen. Uh, it happens uh, quite <laughs> frequently. You know, unfortunately, um, in the uh, individuals who have an addiction problem, uh, often believe that they're they may be um, shielded from some of the repercussions because of the ADA or some other statute saying, "Well, you know, it's a disability." But it really boils down to their actions. And mm-hmm. anyone who, especially uh, those who steal medications or um, are impaired at work and it impairs the, you know, and is caught at work as, an, as a performance issue, they've just put their, both their job and their livelihood at risk. Um, and it's become a note. We, we have a no tolerance policy, mm-hmm. essentially, which um, that's that is um, our workplace mandate yeah. these days. And that is holds true. It, it's especially true for the healthcare professionals where uh, the, the repercussions are further, further reaching. But even the other professions, you can there, there are many professions where this kind of conduct isn't tolerated in mm-hmm. um 
in any kind of respect if you're impaired at work. And so um, it does, and it has multitude of repercussions. Um, the the worst is is theft, of course, and having a, any kind of criminal arrest for a theft action. Uh, that is related to to drugs that that has the most serious repercussions because any kind of criminal action is certainly going to have a licensing action um, for anybody in the healthcare professionals it would have a, an impact on their credentialing on their professional organizations um, so if a physician is board certified they can lose their board certification um, we have issues also with um, some kinds of restrictions by federally insured programs, mm-hmm. um, OIG exclusion programs. If you end up with a conviction that is related to drugs or alcohol um, impairment, and and several other kinds of consequences that that will stem out, especially with all the reporting. Uh, I started work in this area twenty five years ago. When believe. you were just a child. Exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, and the web has changed everything. So any report of any type is disseminated widely to everyone. Um, for nurses, there's also the nurse, um, the nurses mm-hmm. report that goes out. I, I I can't remember the acronym for it, but it's basically the nurse reporting system so that, you know, future employers see if somebody has been terminated on a drug-related offense or on any kind of criminal offense. And, you know, physicians certainly and all the healthcare professionals are on the the data bank. But even in terms of certain other uh, employment areas, there's just very wide reporting and the web is everywhere. Right. And it's very difficult. So a truck driver who has to be licensed to do interstate, you know, between the states or even outside the country, um, certainly has to take drug testing, certainly if they got a DUI or if there was some sort of um, impairment felt happening during their work, this would have serious ramifications because this all falls back to the idea of public safety. So when your job as a nuclear reactor testing person, technician, or an airline pilot, or uh, a truck driver, um, you have a public safety uh, obligation, as do the healthcare professionals. So it's not just uh, doctors and and uh, nurses that can have these kinds of problems. It can be a lot of other occupations that may not have thought, wow. I might need to seek some legal counsel uh, regarding this situation. There's a wide range of, first of all, there's a lot of professions that are licensed. I mean, we think of licensing, we often think of it as, oh, just a doctor needs a medical license or, you know, a dentist needs a dental license. But it's so far reaching Mm -hmm. now that there are many areas where it is important because those kinds of those kinds of reports and and every board now believes that this is a public safety issue because and it's partly that they can't know whether your DUI is a one-time DUI right. or you, your DUI is a problem and 
why why take the risk? Because they can't, and especially in public protection. Um, the other thing I guess I, I also didn't mention earlier, which is the Professional Standards Commission, which oversees uh, teacher um, licensing, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of impairment issues that are related to teachers as well. And I have uh, overseen I, I some hearings regarding that, too, because there is now random drug testing of teachers, and they expect teachers to be the model uh, for the students that they are teaching and overseeing and to uh, be sober in the workplace. Right. Be fully present. Be vo- fully present and sober and not be smoking marijuana on the weekend, which was one of the cases I, I oversaw as a hearing officer. So, um, you know, testing positive is, is serious. And many, many... Uh, companies now are able to get a reduced workers' comp benefit or um, a, a re- reduced liability insurance payment if they're a drug-free workplace, mm-hmm. which then means many, many companies are now instituting drug testing policies for all of their employees, not just for a selective group, because they can save money. So uh, there are lots of people around substance use that may require your services that might not have thought about that. Uh, But I think you also represent people, and we'll come back to addiction and addicted-related things in just a minute, but um, people who might be impaired for other reasons. Uh, who might have a mental health problem, or we might do. We, repre- we represent individuals who present with issues related to uh, mental health issues that have come to light, uh, or that they're reporting, or they're over- overseen by, um, or they're on maintenance medication. And unfortunately, um, these are hard issues to deal with because. All of the licensing boards want to know now, especially the healthcare-related professions, about if you're on medication or if you're, because they do, they do, um, they they take concern that the medication, what that medication, or if you're going to be compliant with your meds, and so that has become a, a serious concern as well. And some of those boards will monitor individuals who are mm-hmm. taking medication to treat mental health issues. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how different boards might address the disease of addiction in a, a professional. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. 
On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today I have in studio with me Fran Cullen. She is a an attorney who specializes in working with professionals who are licensed for their profession in order to be able to continue to work. And as we noted in the first segment, this can include a lot more people than doctors and nurses and some of the other folks that you might think right off the top of your head. She works in, um, and her firm works with applications, uh, works on investigations, can help if there have been security issues or criminal defense defense problems. So lots of different ways in which her services might be useful to you or someone that you know. So if you'd like to check out her website at www.fran, that's F-R-A-N, colon, C-U-L-L-E-N.com, francolon.com, or you can reach her office directly at 404-806-6771. That's 404-806-6771. And if you didn't get that, we'll give it to you next time. So please get your pen and paper ready. In our first segment, we were talking about the wide variety of reasons that someone might come in to um, need some of your services or might need to be aware that if they're facing some of these situations that they might need legal advice. Now, I have people who ask me this question, so I'm going to ask you. Lots of times folks will say, well, I don't want to show up at my human resource hearing or I don't want to show up at the hospital board or I don't want to show up at um, my uh, practice partners meeting with an attorney because that's going to make me look guilty. What would you say to that person? I think um, I I hear that a lot as well. (laughs) And I think that is a common misperception and I uh, I think that if you're License or your livelihood is on the line, don't you want the best protection possible? And the key to that is finding somebody who is comfortable with the issues that you're presenting with and who knows how to deal with those those issues and the people who are involved in them. Um, in, a, in a sense, I think it makes the other... I always say it puts people on good behavior. I often... Uh, I tend to be a uh, how-do-we-get-to-yes person. Uh-huh. 
and not a what's no, I'm not I would never call myself a bulldog attorney that's not not the kind of attitude I bring and I think that works well for these mm-hmm. kinds of issues because uh, what I'm trying to do is is represent people at any kind of human resources hearing or before a licensing board or with professional organizations and come to terms with what the issue that that the administration might have versus what my client can bring to the table and try to bring that forward in the best way possible. And often it is so much easier for the individual and better to have an intermediary who can – it's easier for me to say, well, look at what he's he or she have, has brought to this organization. Let's not throw it away. Or look what he or she has done in their recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, um, they made a misstep in the workplace, but this is a long-term employee. Can't we give them a second chance? You know, it, it, it's easier for someone else to advocate on your behalf. And I think that's respected ultimately if mm-hmm. it's done right. Uh, and all of those folks, they'd be hiring a lawyer. That's the way I look, look <laughs> right. at it. I've had a lot of people who get advice from people who say don't hire a lawyer when I know for a fact that those the people giving the advice have had a lawyer. Have actually had a yeah, lawyer. Yeah, they've had a lawyer. So, like, why did you think that that was a good thing? And um, I think a lot of individuals facing these types of situations have a great need to explain themselves. And they often... Um, come in to meetings with personnel meetings or license meetings or any of the attendant issues we're talking about, even criminal. I've had criminal investigators speak with clients, you know, people who later become my clients, and they think, oh, I'm going to explain. <laughs> right. I am going to explain. And and they're often reaching for an explanation that is what they think the other party wants to hear as opposed to really what the truth is or what the best presentation of the truth. Sometimes it's not so much what the truth is, but the best presentation. And that's what I think a lawyer brings to those situations. And also there's things to step around. Uh, you know, there are, there are definitely some things you may not want to disclose or share or, you know, maybe just too much within whatever that situation is. So um, I think it's really important to have legal counsel. I mean, there are times, too, when we have served as sort of shadow counsel, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in providing information and advice sort of with steps along the way and things of that nature. I mean, we pref- we that that sometimes works as well mm-hmm. to prepare just, the person. Correct. It just depends. Mm-hmm. It all just depends on the situation and what what's needed. Um, and we're you know I know at our firm we're very honest about what it is we can do, what we can't do. But I think it's very important to have an intermediary and also all of these organiz- you know human resource you know it, at employment and uh, licensing boards they've they've all um, they've all lawyered up right they already they, they have a lot all, of legal counsel they have a lot of legal counsel they have a lot of protocol everybody is much more cautious it's not the world is different it's not where you kind of go in even to a workplace situation mm-hmm. and you say oh i'm going to explain or or you know the person, uh, you know who who might be the human resources person, but but there's more. That person is not your friend in a friend position anymore, and they get concerned, and they have protocol to follow. And the more protocol there is, the more complicated it gets. So it it 
and sometimes there are procedures that have to be followed that it's good to have legal counsel for. I, I, I know personally I've had some patients that have come to me for treatment of addiction and they have seen a family friend who's an attorney or they've talked to their neighbor and they have been given legal advice that in some settings would probably have been exactly what they needed to do. But when you're involving licensing boards and when you're involving um, these kinds of far-reaching events, it's really important that you have an attorney like yourself that really knows the law, that knows the differences from a, a nurse to a veterinarian to a dentist to a school teacher and what kinds of things they're going to be potentially facing and how best to prepare because I have seen a couple of real disasters and again I don't think that the attorney was being um, you know inappropriate necessarily but you have to have this specialty. Just like if I've got a stomach problem, I'm going to see a gastroenterologist. I'm not going to go see my OBE. You know, so it, it's important that you respect the the profession and the training and experience that requires to go through this this terrible tangled web of um, regulations and rules, some of which are absolutely contradictory to each other. It, it, administrative law, which oversees licensing, is a uh, it, it's a unique area, and the twists and turns are slightly different. That it, 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 it is said to be a hybrid of criminal and civil law, and there's there are not that many lawyers that really mm-hmm. focus on this area or, and are that familiar with it. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of missteps um, when I've worked with clients who've had prior legal counsel, usually it is a family friend or their business attorney who they call, and on the face of it, it doesn't look that complicated. And and I think it's gotten more complicated because of the track record you have to keep, the record you need to keep in case you ever want to appeal an action, or if you want recourse, you have to be very careful in the process Mm -hmm. uh, that certain things are documented and that a record is made correctly, or you can lose certain rights. Also, a lot of attorneys are not that familiar with the whole scope of repercussions that could occur with um the the ancillary issues um and and that's with every license but especially with healthcare of course but uh but there are so many other issues that mm-hmm. can be impacted so that um it is better it is far better to have someone who knows knows the knows what to do and how to do it so that it's done correctly and it and it is true that it, and you also want it done correctly from the beginning if you can. Right. You know, um, sometimes uh, I guess the example that comes to mind is a physician uh, who something was reported to the data bank, and we, and it it, it was an improper report um, and related to the issues we're we're discussing, and we were able to get that uh, voided but it still was a report that it now has to be still be reported were you ever reported to that bank yes and those kinds of things could have been re- could have could have been avoided with the correct legal counsel who knew what the, what the reporting is and and how to deal with it so it it 
it's it is like like you say it, it's just its own specialty in its own right it is i i recall um a situation that i learned about where um a, a healthcare practitioner had been stopped arrested for dui and then the, on the advice of their local attorney had agreed to go ahead and accept a plea bargain and go through drug card not realizing that in doing that you are actually uh, having a conviction on your record, and uh, that was a felony in this situation. And you can't have a felony and have a license to practice different types of medical specialties. So an innocent, I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to avoid all kinds of problems for myself and my family, ended up in this person having serious difficulties ever practicing again. So please see Fran. <laughs> We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how the licensing boards do deal with addiction specifically. Thanks so much for listening. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and I have with me Fran Colon. Her website is www.franculleen.com, and her phone number is 404-806-6771. Excuse me, 404-806-6771. One. We've been talking about uh, healthcare professionals and other professionals who require a license in order to practice their profession. And I'd like to shift now a little bit and talk about um, the issues related to impairment that is suspected to be addiction related. Um, I know that there are some situations where it's pretty pretty straightforward. They catch the doctor with a needle in his arm, uh, passed out on the floor in the bathroom next to the OR, and it's pretty clear what happened there. But sometimes there are some really interesting situations that it's not quite so clear that they may or may not have an addiction. But I think there's a strong reaction to any kind of suspicion to immediately assume that there is addiction and the need for treatment. I think that's become the assumption, and and if not the assumption, it has become the course of treatment by, right. by the boards. Uh, and that's across the board, uh, the healthcare professions and other professions. Uh, in our uh, break, we were talking about uh, an example would be um, people found with drugs in their car. Uh, they, uh, I've had actually two cases in the last, it, you know, in the recent past, having to do one with the mar- you know, with marijuana in the car, and the other with prescribed medication, where uh, they were arrested with the suspicion that the med- there was something improper about the medication, and all of this uh, get has to, ends up being reported at some point to the licensing board, whether it's on immediate requires a more immediate report due to the nature of it or whether it is a um, something that comes up on renewal because almost all the renewal applications for a license ask for reports about either arrests pretty most of them now ask about arrests not just convictions not just convictions this means you're explaining if you got arrested and you better have a good explanation about what occurred um, and and then, of course, if you have a conviction, and that has to be affirmatively reported by you within, usually within 30 days, in almost all the professions. Uh, and so, what what the assumption is is that if you have improper or illegal drugs in your car, that you have a problem, and that and it's it's become where the licensing boards take that as an assumption. Some of them require an evaluation to sort of confirm it, just in terms of what needs to be done. And that could lead to other issues. Sometimes an evaluation could reveal other issues, mental health issues and other medication issues. Sometimes the issue for which the individual is ordered to take an evaluation is drug abuse and addiction is not as big an issue as some other things that come to light, and that becomes a problem. You know, it becomes um, something else. It becomes its own own story. Uh, but you know, a behavioral addiction, a behavioral addiction of some sort, or other manner. Yes, that other other things that come out. Uh, 
but if not they but they but the treatment has been seemed to be that they want the same things they want the same things as if you have have an addiction even if it's not proven so to speak because they figure if you are placing that kind of risk then it's become it's become a fallback for this is what'll keep people safe or this is makes them think they're doing something to protect because it's all about protection of the public and they're thinking this is what the protection of the public is i don't i don't know if that was clear it's um i think it is uh, very important to understand that it's not just a question and answer time with the licensing board so if uh, someone has been convicted or there has been a problem and there is a referral made for an assessment and the assessment comes out equivocal or or, or says, well, you know, we think this person's abusing drugs. Maybe they don't meet criteria for addiction, but we think they're abusing. The next step for that person may be you've got to go to inpatient residential treatment for 90 days. You may not be allowed to return to work for up to a year. You may then be required to be in a monitoring program that requires weekly group visits, visits with a monitoring physician, everyone at your work notified, and you have a monitoring health care professional. Uh, You have to do urine drug screens, and this can go on for uh, Five years, ten years in the state of Tennessee, they're giving lifetime. Yes, that's right. And so right. this yeah. this becomes a really big deal. And then it becomes reportable to the data bank. And this is a huge repository of information. So if I, with my medical license, got reported to the national data bank, then every time I wanted to join a hospital staff or have an interaction with an insurance company or, or a professional, organization. A professional organization. I wanted to renew my uh, board certification for my American Board of Addiction Medicine boards. That data bank gets queried by whoever is interested in am I a good egg or not. And that can then result in my not being able to move to another state or my not being able to join this hospital staff. It's it's a big deal. It's expensive. It's time-consuming. And while life-saving, let's not be confused at all. If someone has the disease of addiction, they absolutely need this treatment and they need this kind of support. But there are some gray areas and there are some people that in my experience, don't necessarily fit really well in that category, and yet they may be required to do all of these things. That that is that is correct. Uh, they may be required, and a lot it takes on a life of its own. And I think that's the surprising thing. Sometimes, when a healthcare professional, especially, um, you know, just because the repercussions. Well, I'll use that because the repercussions are greater. But when a healthcare professional comes in, and I and we start talking about what can happen, their eyes open wide, and and. It's and yes, they need this help, but depending on the circumstances, they could be entering a whole minefield of things that they just had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find that with someone who has 
um, has an addiction, who has, especially when there's been any kind of theft or diversion or prescription fraud, you know, anything that even if it doesn't result in a criminal action, just the fact of that they've been stealing, you know, a nurse who called me recently who is uh, currently in treatment, and I'm glad for, glad for her, but thought, you know, she could be protected at her job. However, she was still stealing, and so it, it's theft. You can have recoupment by the, by the hospital seeking the money back for the theft. Um, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of issues that, that could arise. The other thing um, in a case I have that's current um, is to do with almost like codependency issues where somebody is getting drugs for someone else who is addicted. Right. They themselves are not. Correct. But they're but they're taking the their sig- significant other is is um, taking drugs and they're thinking that they're being helpful for a period where they're being helpful weaning them off and giving them le- less amount of the drug when of course that individual is getting the drug from them and other people and other sources and they're and they're participating in Ill- illegal activity and mm-hmm. we. As a society, we've gotten harsher. Mm-hmm. We've gotten harsher. A lot, a lot of these, I've been, you know, the 25 years come into play, which is I, there were times when I saw a lot of this that was let go as, as a, um, you know, this is just a one-time, right. you know, this, this person is not really a felon. It's not seen any way. It's not treated that way. It's not treated that way in the small communities, and it's not treated in the, in the cities anymore. People are being prosecuted for these crimes. And so it is something to be very um, aware of. And then, of course, in terms of addiction, there's so many ways that people will um, manifest that addiction. And uh, unfortunately, in terms of drugs, almost all those ways are illegal. Right. Yes, whether you're doctor shopping, and they're they're also, um, and this is for everybody in all the professions needs to be aware that there have um, there have been new laws passed in the last number of years that have widened the types of crimes that people be be convicted of and can be charged with, you know, crimes invi- about you know with the doctor shopping. Basically, there are several crimes now that involve um, accusations of doctor shopping associated activities. Um, or changing names or forging prescriptions, you know, which um, people have gotten, you know, some people have gotten facile at doing, but um, it's very, it becomes very serious. And and very, very serious consequences. And again, if this person has the disease of addiction, they absolutely do need to get treatment and help and support. If this person is doing this purely for criminal activity, they're diverting medication, they're a pharmacist and they're taking medication out of the pharmacy and selling it out the back door, that's another way that that might need to be treated. The The more common thing I see is somebody like you mentioned that thinks they're doing the right thing. So I have a prescription and you've got a sore leg and so I'm going to give you some of my pain medicine. Oh yes, the sharing of the prescriptions. The sharing of prescriptions. Right. People don't realize that is illegal. It's illegal that's for right. both of you to be doing that. Um, and so so uh, it seems on the surface, oh, you have a headache, uh, here, take this, you're anxious, here, have a handful of my um, Xanax, let's, um, let's get you calmed down, not realizing this is a, a serious correct. problem. So even though it's a legitimate 
prescription and the person is actually needing a prescription potentially, even if you're a doctor, you can't do that. Um, and that is where I see a lot of people making these seemingly innocent gestures that end up having big problems for them. Yeah, and and it, it it's illegal. It, it is simply illegal to share your scripts. <laughs> and yes, no doubt. And and to always be sure that if you are taking prescription medicine, that you keep it in the bottle yes. with your name on it. And you will save yourself some hassle. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about options for people who might need help. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and with me today in studio is Fran Colon. She is a Juris Doctorate from Georgia State College of Law, and she has a practice here in Atlanta, although I have to 
let you all know that certainly she is um, very familiar with licensing boards and professional organizations around the country and certainly here in the southeast. So if you might need her help or have some questions about um, the practice, please check her out on the web at www.franculleen.com. That's francullen.com. Or call her at 404 806 6771 404-806-6771 and she and her team will be very happy to help you and um, direct you where you might need to go if they're not the fit for you. But in our break, uh, Fran, we were having this conversation about what is the biggest problem that we see with our professionals and that's Avoidance. 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 The head in the sand. The head in the sand. It's going to go away. It's not going to hit. I'm not going to be caught. Um, you know, it's not going to happen to me. Or this is the last time. I'm not doing it again. Or it was just this once. Uh, you know, because the the just once. It's the speeder analogy. Like, or everybody else is doing this. Why? Why isn't it okay for me? Um, because. It's wrong. It's illi- it's wrong. It's illegal. It's it's harmful, and you know, of course, the message is to seek help earlier, and and when you realize that you're having a problem or you're starting to engage in behaviors that you not you would not have thought yourself possible, then it's time to do something about it because you may not get caught this time. You may not be caught next time, but at one point you will be caught, and this will affect you, and it will affect your livelihood. And um, why risk it and and because for all of that it can it could affect your career and your life uh you know times have changed with the internet with the effect criminal convictions are so harsh that everything can be is reportable everything mm-hmm. has harsh consequences there's so much that's interrelated uh, the key is to really kind of address any problem sooner rather than later and uh that's that's basically the key to most most of these things and try to address them head on look for what the what the key is what the message is and what you need to need to do um and you know if you're if you're hesitant you can call there are different advice lines you can call Mm -hmm. there's other ways to reach out um and even within the licensing context you know if you seek help for your addiction Prior to it becoming, it, it, it is, it is, it will serve you better in the long run. You will end up with a better result should this come to light, and in most cases, it will. Most of the boards also require you to report whether you've been in treatment and right. what you've done as well, and so you get into reporting issues as well. Yes, and um, another disaster that I have seen is. Uh, the boards are not unfamiliar with people reporting. I've been in treatment. I have the disease of addiction. They, they are familiar with that. What they won't tolerate is lying on the application or lying that on is, the reapplication. That that, that will is get one you. of the that is the one of the worst things anybody can do. And uh, the excuse that I didn't know or my lawyer told me. 
not to is it doesn't hold hold weight when the question is uh, presented as to you know what your past is and and if it if that comes to light uh you know usually like you if you live by the truth you you don't have anything you ha- you can mess up on when you answer those questions and so it is always best to uh you know be honest be forthright and that's we work a lot with actually with applicants uh, mm-hmm. for licensure as well because what we say is a lot it's often about the presentation about right. what you've done because and and this is where when we talk about a third party being your advocate or speaking for you, we can present what happened or what occurred or mm-hmm. or, or what uh, what you've done in the best light possible uh, for any kind of licensing board or in any other kind of context, professional organizations, any any such, and and that's often important uh, because. Uh, the, it's the context. It's what you've done, and and putting that that positive light on things that that will serve you well. But it but it's avoidance that becomes the biggest yes. issue. Is uh, avoiding a problem, thinking it'll go away. It, it just doesn't work like that. You have to um, eventually. You will get caught eventually. It'll be mm-hmm. reported, and it may not be this time, but it'll be next time. So being proactive and understanding uh, what the steps are that you might need to take, uh, getting some good legal counsel and support, and taking action. That is the hardest thing, I think, as uh, healthcare professionals in particular. We don't like to be wrong. We don't like to make mistakes. And it is very difficult to we, own that. Yeah, we often meet with uh, individuals who, who are facing an issue at work. Uh, who know that they have an addiction or impairment problem and they come to us and it may or may not be that we can provide a lot of assistance just depending on what their circumstances are but even if not we can explain the system explain what they need to expect and it is the not knowing that makes people anxious more so mm-hmm. than even so bad news you know it it's the unknown that is scary so you know we often lay out um you know because there are certain boards that have certain protocol for these things mm-hmm. for the reporting they have certain re- protocol for how they handle these things some it's a very individual case-by-case basis and some there really is sort of a format they take and they're little twists about you know how you might end up with a little bit better result or a much better result but we can explain that and and walk you through that and know, and we also you know in our practice we're aware of the resources that are available to help you with whatever your problem is um, whether it's um, solely addiction or the other issues um, we're also uh, you know the other thing is to be aware of all the other potential repercussions what that might be whether it's on you know not just your professional license but whether you it's also on your driver's license um, the effects of DUI have become pretty outstanding yes, they too. Have. They've become far-reaching. I have had applicants for licenses in the healthcare professions who have had a DUI, who have been monitored by one state, and then they have to almost start again when they come to this state. And and so there is a lot to be um, there's a lot to be aware of. Um, and and the other thing people have to be aware of too is um, uh, I had a case recently with someone who. Uh, smoked 
marijuana in another state where it was legal, but then was drug tested here. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> and oops, uh, you're in trouble. Yes. So, you know, there are, there are definitely things to be wary of. and uh, But we can walk you through. We're very familiar with all the boards. Uh, there's so many professions. And I once, I think I once did a checklist. I think I've, I've represented people in about 30, which is of kind of... 49 yes, in Georgia? <laughs> that 49 plus, yes. We kind of figured it was 54 with the others, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, something about... That's about the, the right number. You know, certainly most of them are in certain, you know, are in distinct categories, but I have represented people in many, many of the professions and um, am familiar with the different procedures. And having um, worked with you on a couple of cases and aware of uh, this, the style and the familiarity that you have with not only the right path to take, but uh, you can save the individual a lot of individual trauma and money and resources. So it, it's it's really important. I know none of us want to think that we might be in trouble. And none of us want to admit that we've done something wrong. And yet, please reach out if you've got a question, if you've got a problem, because it, 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 can, it can get worse and most likely will if you don't have good legal advice and support. And and I think uh, we are well known with the licensing boards. Yes, for sure. In terms of, for certain that that we we generally come with uh, an attitude, an open attitude, with a lot of um, we're trying to resolve our cases. We can also help expedite the process for some people, in some cases, not in all, but in some. But we also get to what the heart of what the different issues are. We really try to get to the heart of the matter as quickly and as efficiently as we can and and ease that process for all of the people we represent. And I think, you know, I, I, m- most of our clients are appreciative even though they may not, they think, oh, well, I shouldn't have had a lawyer because it looks bad. And then they come to realize, no, that w- it really was a good that decision. That was the best decision. Yes. Thank you so much, Fran, for well, being thank here. thank you for having me. Um, and we will see all of you next week on Detailing Addiction. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.